Hello and welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. We appreciate you joining us through this podcast. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for joining us and enjoy the message. See on the bottom of this, there's like this triangle thing. There are two kinds of people. People that put the one like leg away from you, which is me, or people that put the one leg close to you, which is... I've noticed that. Clint is this guy. I'm this way. So I don't, I don't know what made me think of that, but I thought of that. So anyway, my name is Matt, and I am not the lead pastor of this church. Um, Clint Schwartz is the lead pastor. He um, is gone. He and Rose are in Florida this week. They are at a new church conference learning um, all these different things about planning a church, but they will be back next week. So um, I encourage you to come next week. Clint will be doing a message outlining uh, the vision for 2019. So make sure you're here um, to to hear Clint um, for that. Um, And before we start, uh, let me go ahead and I will pray for the offering. So God, we just, um, we thank you. We thank you for the blessings that you give us. Financially and even outside of that, but but today, God, we 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 thank you for um, the financial blessings of this church. Um, I just ask God that you um, you bless the giver, that you um, when that when they sign their name to that check or they put their cash in that box, God, that you just ble- you just bless them. And we also pray for all the money that comes in, God, that that as a church we spend it wisely. Um, we that we wring every penny out of out of that dollar that comes in, and as Lyndon as Lyndon said, God, ten uh, percent goes out. So we pray for vision on on where on where to give back. Yeah, just thank you for your for your blessings on this church. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So football, did anybody watch any football yesterday? There's a couple of NFL games on. Not nearly as many as I thought. Anybody going to watch football today? Today, yes, yeah, Sunday football. I'm going to watch today. Um, believe it or not, my favorite team is the Patriots. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought it would be a little worse than that. So, but, so, but the Patriots play today. They're my favorite team. My favorite player, my all-time favorite NFL player is Drew Brees. He plays for the Saints. They play later today. So today's an exciting day for me. Um, if you've been around here, you know my affinity for football um, and sports in general. But to be honest with you, I probably like baseball more than I like football. Yeah. Um, I don't watch it as much. It's Maybe not quite as exciting to watch. Um, I will watch it. I watch golf. That's an exciting one. But anyway, um, but I like baseball. And in baseball, there are different types of sacrifices. There are, there are many different types. Uh, one type of sacrifice is a sacrifice fly. What happens there if there's a runner, and if you're not familiar with sports, just please bear with me. We'll get to something that you can use later probably. Um, but, but in baseball, there's a runner on third base, in the sacrifice fly, the, the batter hits a pop-up, usually to the outfield. The guy catches it. The person on third base, they call it tagging up, but they eventually score. They eventually score, and that's a sacrifice fly. But the person that hit it, boom, they catch it, they're out. So that's a sacrifice fly. There's also a sacrifice bunt. 
Um, maybe not as exciting, but what a blunt is in baseball, you turn around, right, and you just you basically just let the ball, you don't swing, you let the ball hit the bat, and it just dinks out in front of home plate. Well, in a sacrifice bunt, you bunt it, and a runner advances a base, whether it's first to second, second to third, sometimes third to home. Um, but again, the person that bunt, more than likely, boom, they little dribble out in front, and, they, and they're out. They sacrifice, they're out. And then in baseball, there's the ultimate sacrifice, which is a, they call it a suicide squeeze. What this is, so it's kind of a combination of a sacrifice fly and a sacrifice bunt. There's a runner on third base, and, and the, the person is up to the bat, and he'll square around a bunt, or she, they can do it in softball too, I guess, so um, he or she will, let's be gender neutral, they'll square around a bunt, but before the pitcher throws, the person on third base, they take off like they're going to steal home. And it's the job of the batter, the person who's squared around a bunt, it's their job to, to get the bat on the ball and just, again, just dribble it out in front. Because once they hit it, all they do is they hit it and they get it in play, that run's going to score. They, again, more than likely will be out. The catcher or the pitcher, whoever will pick the ball up, throw them out at first base, and they're out. I had one of these once. I had a suicide squeeze once. I was, I, I will never forget, I was at LaVille High School. I was a sophomore, and the coach, I'm in the batter's box, and I was running on third base, and I looked down, and the coach gives me the sign. And I st- I'll never forget the sign. He did all his, like, signs, and he takes his hat off at the very end, and that was the sign for suicide squeeze. And so I'm like, okay, here we go. So I'm in there, and I square around, and I couldn't see him, but I knew that runner started to come, and the pitch is thrown, and I, and I whiffed at the bunt. <laughs> and so what happens is, right, the catcher catches it, and I think there was a rundown, but he tags the guy out, and so I'm like, oops, um, sorry. I still had one or two more strikes. I remember that at bat, and I got up there, and I was going to redeem myself, and then I ended up striking out. So... I did have a suicide. It, w- it turned in from a suicide squeeze to a homicide squeeze because when, when the coach got back to the dugout, he was not too happy with me. I thought he was going to kill me. So, but anyway, the thing with all these sacrifices, right? Sacrifice fly, sacrifice bun, or suicide squeeze bunt in baseball. The thing is the, the sacrifice or the batter gets out. They intentionally, for the most part, get themselves out, and they do that for the betterment of somebody else on the team, right? If a guy comes in to score, that's a betterment of that person, okay? But then ultimately, they do it for the betterment of the team. And when the team does well, that individual player does well. Well, the same thing can happen to us spiritually, We can sacrifice for God. And the same thing happens that when we sacrifice, just like the batter, when we sacrifice, we're out something. We're out something. We could be out time. We could sacrifice our time. We could be out money. We could be out possessions. We could even be out energy. But there's something when we sacrifice, we're out. We're out something. That's the nature of the sacrifice. And if you're like me, if I bunt, I don't want to be out. And when I sacrifice, I don't want to be out. It hurts. There's some hurt in that sometimes. There could be some anger in sacrifice. There could be some frustration in sacrifice. Maybe some pain. Sometimes maybe even physical pain. But there's something in that sacrifice. So I don't want to sacrifice. 
So sometimes to me, a sacrifice feels like a burden. But the thing is, when we sacrifice for God, it shouldn't feel like a burden. It should feel like joy. It should ultimately feel like joy because we're sacrificing for God. There's a couple scriptures that talk about this. In Romans 12, 1, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. So there's the sacrifice, and he says this, holy and pleasing to God. And so it's pleasing to God. When we sacrifice, when we're out, it's pleasing to God. Hebrews 13, 16 says, And do not forget to do good and share with others, for it is with such sacrifices God is pleased. Again, God being pleased with our sacrifices. We're out something, but God is pleased with that. There's some joy in pleasing God. Just like the opposite of me when I bunded, right? And I didn't get it. I let that coach down and there was, there was oh, I let him down. But if I would have got that sacrifice bunt down, there would have been joy because I pleased the coach. Well, when I sacrifice for God, there should be joy because I'm pleasing God. And then we can talk about the ultimate sacrifice, right? John 15 says this, says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. That's Jesus talking, and that is Jesus saying, I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to sacrifice my life for my friends, which is all of us. That's the ultimate sacrifice, to lay down our lives, right? He lost something. He's out something. He's out his life. But here's the thing about Jesus. Jesus did it joyfully. In Hebrews 12, 2, it says this. It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So Jesus sacrificing his physical body, a lot of pain in that, probably anger in that, probably frustration in that. But he sacrificed that body, and it says there, for the joy set before him. Jesus found joy in that sacrifice. We'll talk about this a little bit later, but there probably wasn't joy in that moment. Not probably. I know there wasn't, right? Jesus got beaten and whipped and hung on a cross. In that moment, there's no joy. The joy comes in what is to come. The joy comes in what is to come. Because, right, we mourn on Good Friday when Jesus went to the cross. We celebrate, right? What are you doing this Sunday? I'm celebrating Easter. Don't we say that? I'm celebrating Easter. We celebrate that because that's on the other side of the sacrifice. And so I'd argue this with you, that if Jesus can find joy in going to the cross, if Jesus can find joy in that sacrifice, we can find joy in our sacrifices. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We are going to look at a scripture from 2 Corinthians 9, so it'll be up on the board, but you can turn to that if you want. Okay, We'll, we'll look at that scripture in a minute. Um, but we're going to talk about joy. So the title of the message, Joyful Sacrifice, Finding Good in Our Giving. And this scripture that we'll use, and, and that word giving, when you're in church and you hear the word giving, a lot of times, if you're like me, you think it's financial giving. And there is a component of that. That's a good spiritual discipline to have. Is finan but it's beyond that. It's giving of, our, giving of our time, our possessions, our money, our energy, our thoughts. We're going to talk about that. So when you see that word giving, 
Think of that. And again, the scripture that we use, a lot of times people will relate that to when you financially give, this is what you should do, but it's beyond that. So again, we'll look, we'll be in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to read it. I'll read it from my Bible since I brought it up here this time. It's verse 6, chapter 9, 2 Corinthians verse, or chapter 9, verse 6. It says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. For each of you should give what you have decided to give in your heart to give. I think I read that wrong. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you'll abound in every good work. So we're going to take that scripture and I'm going to give you a couple things that I took out of that about, about how and why we should and could find joy in our sacrifices. But first, let me, let me pray. So God, first of all, we thank you for your ultimate sacrifice of giving us Jesus. Jesus, you sacrificed on the cross for us, and that's the ultimate display and example of, of sacrifice. So let, this, let, let us keep that in our hearts today. And God, I just ask right now that you use me, that you inv I invite the Holy Spirit to come and just, just teach um, to the people in this room. Get me out of the way, and so you can speak to them. And teach us about how and why you want us to sacrifice today, God. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so two things. The first one you can write down, it's on your handout, is this. Joyful sacrifice brings abundant blessings. Brings abundant blessings. Went with a little alliteration there. If you don't know what alliteration is, you have to look it up. I was a sixth grade teacher. We talked about alliteration a lot. So anyway, um, but anyway, so brings abundant blessings. We can find this right um, in verse six and eight. In verse six, it says, whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Sowing, that means, right, when you talk about sowing seeds, planting seeds, if you plant plentifully, you will, you will reap, you'll bring in plentiful. And then in verse eight, it goes on, it says, God is able to bless you abundantly. That's where I got my fill in the blanks, right? But God will bless you abundantly. And so I looked up that word abundant and what it meant, it'll come up here. This is what it is in, in um, the Greek. It's paresis, if I'm saying that correctly. If you want, you can look up that little, like all the Greek letters, I don't know what, anyway, what those mean. The priest says it means more or greater, or I really like that word at the end, excessive. So God will bless us excessively, more than we need, more than we need. So when we sow generously, when we give generously, when we sacrifice generously, we receive even more. We receive abundantly with, with excessively 
That should bring us joy in that because God is going to return the favor to us. There's another uh, verse that I, I thought of with abundance, and it's this. It's Luke 6, 38. It says, give, and it will be given to you. There's the sacrifice, right? Sacrifice will be given to you back. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And so I got this picture, this image when I read this about, about something, right, that is a measurement, and it's pressed down and shaken together and running over. So here's the image I got. I got it when I was a kid, and I used to make Kool-Aid. Anyone ever make Kool-Aid when they're kids? Yeah, right? So you get the pitcher out. We have this little gallon pitcher, and you get the, the little square, you know, the, the container thing, and I always would tap it, because my mom did. We'd tap it on the counter. Did anybody tap it on the counter? You tap it on the counter, and it gets all the, like, you got it so you're not missing any. I tap it on the counter, you open it up. I'd pour that in. I'd pour my gallon of water or whatever it was in. And then comes, in my opinion, the most important part, the sugar. You got to put the sugar in. So you'd get out the, and I, I don't know what the measurement I'm going to use. I think it was a cup. You get the cup. And so if you look at that measure, right, I would get in there and I would take that cup and I wanted as much sugar in that Kool-Aid as I could possibly get. And so I would get that cup and I would shake it, right? So shaking out, I would shake it to get all the voids, press it down, get as much sugar in there, right? And then it says, right, it says running over. Maybe even get it where you add even more sugar. Not, not that it's spilling out the sides, but you get it to where it's mound up on the top because you want to get as much sugar in that Kool-Aid as possible. And I would mound it up and I would put it in here and I would make the sweetest Kool-Aid I could because that's the key, right? What that, what's that sugar going to do? It's going to make it sweet. It's going to make it sweet. The more sugar I put in, the sweeter it's going to be. So when we have a sacrifice, if we want to press down and, and get the most out of our sacrifice, we need to press in and press in because the more we do, the sweeter it's going to be. The sweeter that that Kool-Aid or on the other side of that sacrifice, the sweeter it's going to be. When God blesses us, that blessing is going to be even sweeter the more we press in. maybe more of a real life uh, example instead of the Kool-Aid sugar example, um, is our house. And if you've been around, I've preached about my house. I promise at some point, maybe I'll stop preaching about my house. But um, we had this house when my wife and I first got married. We were married uh, a couple of years. And um, a goal of mine was to build my house. And so we finally were able to have the means and, and we built it and we, we designed this. We took a floor plan. We kind of tweaked it and made it our own. And so we built this house it was fairly nice. It was about 2,100 square feet. Had a basement. We didn't finish the basement. That was a goal that we had to, to eventually finish the basement. Um, I really liked our master bedroom was really big, probably too big. Um, but it was in there. There was a lot of sentimental value in that because, um, because we built it. Well, then God came knocking on our door and um, we had to sell that house. God, we sacrificed that house as part of a job change. Um, if you're familiar with my story, some of you may we, we were teachers. We both went to work um, in full-time ministry, so we took a pay cut. So we, we had to sacrifice that house. We had to sell that house. And that was the sacrifice. 
And it was hard. I remember in the moment there was times, even the last time I mowed my lawn, I was bawling because I was like, I planted this grass and now I have to sell it. And so there was some sadness in that moment. And we moved from there into a house, that, a, a rental house for, for a period. That rental house was about 850 square feet. And at that point we had two children Right? I talked about my master bedroom. The master bedroom was nice. Our master bedroom in the rental house was in the basement. It was one of they call a Michigan basement. It had the like walls up and a little like ledge. And it was down there. And it was, I mean, it was painted and it wasn't probably as bad as maybe what you're picturing, but it was, we had to run the dehumidifier. It got really like mildew smelling down there. Our children, they went from two fairly decent sized rooms to one room where they shared for a time um, together that was smaller. So there was some sacrifices in that. Well, if we look at the scripture and God says, I'm gonna bless you abundantly, I'm gonna give you more than you need, I'm gonna amplify your sacrifice. Well, in the midst of all of that, we were able then to buy my wife's grandmother's house, which was bigger than our previous, bigger than 850, but bigger than the, the house that we had built. It has a finished basement where we can have ping pong. My son and I play ping pong um, downstairs. I'm still undefeated, just so you guys know. Um, but, 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 but essentially what happened is this house, and, and there's more amenities to this house. It's, it's bigger. We have a living room. We're able to host groups and do more things. There's a barn out there that's, that I'm able to dink around in. There's a woods that we can walk in. So basically, I'm not, I'm not trying to say, I'm saying this because God blessed the sacrifice. God took that sacrifice, he blessed it abundantly, and he made it bigger. He made it bigger. And God can do that with our sacrifices. The only thing we have to do is sow, right? It says sow generously and you will reap generously. Well, sowing is a doing thing. We have to do something. So I have another demonstration here, but we have to do something. And I'm going to get this out. I have no idea. I put it in this little hatch right here. I have no idea why I put it in this hatch, but there's this ball down here. I just wanted to have it up here and I didn't know where to put it. So here's this little bouncy ball. Compliments of Jimtown Volleyball. Thanks, McKenna. But this is how God works. So this ball, it'll bounce, right? And this is our sacrifice. And so if we sit here and we do nothing, right? This, I, I believe this is how God works. We'll do nothing and the ball will bounce and it bounces a little bit. If you in the back, hopefully you can see that, but I'm doing nothing but dropping it, right? And God returns it a little bit. It bounces a little bit. But if I sow, if I do something, if I put a little bit of effort into this, what happens to the ball? So just a little bit of effort. Look what happens, that ball comes up a lot higher, doesn't it? It even came past my hand. And that was just with a little bit of effort, a little bit of bounce, and it comes back. And God, that's an example of God amplifying, God blessing us abundantly. He's amplifying our sacrifice. So the more I sacrifice, the more I put into the sacrifice, the more energy, the more I sow, the more generous I sow, the more God is generous too. Watch, right? Look, now it's up over my head, and I didn't put that much up, but I'm putting more effort into it. More effort into it, right? That's the way God will work. When we sow generously, when we put a little effort into our sowing, he will bless us generously. So I'm going to challenge you to do this. Put a little effort into sacrifice in the ball, right? If you really want blessings, put a lot of effort into the sacrifice,
Look how much blessing I get from God. Look how much he returns it. I was going to take it and really slam it down and go, but there's a fan up there and I don't want to hit that. And Chris already warned me about hitting the keyboard, so. (laughs) But that's how God works. When we sow a little bit, God will bless us more than a little bit. He will bless us abundantly. Malachi 3.10, this might be a familiar scripture to you. This talks about the tithe. Um, It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. But here's this part, I like this part. It says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. And again, that scripture, we talk about the tithe. A lot of times people take that as money. So giving, right? A tithe just means 10%. So give 10% of your money and God says, see if I won't throw up in the floodgates of heaven. But let's expand it beyond just financial giving. What about tithe, 10%? What if it's 10% of our money, 10% of our time, 10% of our energy, or even 10% of our thought? And God says, See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough for you to store it. So I encourage you, tithe. Tithe money, right? Are you consistently giving? But tithe your time. Tithe your time. By that I mean, if this is the only hour of God that you get, this church, that's not enough. Give more, and God will bless it more. Your energy, are you serving? Are you serving at the church? Are you serving at a homeless shelter? Giving more of your time? And your thought, that's a big one. Giving more of your thought. We can give more thought even to God, and God will bless that because he says, test me in this. Test me. Give God a chance to work. I'm going to ask you this. Are you allowing God to throw open the floodgates? You can write that one in there. Are you allowing God to throw open the floodgates? Are you testing God in this? Test me in this, he says, and see if I won't throw open the floodgates. Because God, when you sacrifice joyfully, God brings abundant blessings. And that's the first point. The second point is this. Joyful sacrifice furnishes freedom. I told you alliteration. Yeah. Joyful sacrifice furnishes freedom. I give this from verse 8 in our scripture. It says, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things... At all times, having all that you need, you'll abound in every good work. And so when you're that, in all things, God is going to bless us in that. That, to me, spells freedom, that God is going to be involved in all of our things at all times, having all that we need. Well, if I have, that's freedom to me. It means when we sacrifice, I don't have to worry about the lost whatever I'm losing, whatever I'm out, because God is going to take care of that. And so for me, in my sacrifices, right, if we think about some of the things we talked about sacrificing, like so possessions, when we sacrificed our house, 
it freed me up. It freed me up financially because our mortgage wasn't as big. But there were also some other things. Um, I had built the house and my dad helped me build the house. Um, don't get me wrong, I don't want to sound like I'm very grateful for what he gave me, but there was that tie then to... Um, I felt like I couldn't do some things on the house if I wanted to fix them up because there was the tie to my dad. And so once we sold that house, that freed us up from, from some of that. Um, so there was so just that freedom, sacrificing offered freedom. Um, little things. We sacrificed when we went. We had to make some, some more sacrifices just in the house. So like cable. Uh, I was a guy that I liked the White Sox, and so I couldn't get the White Sox games unless I got that, like, second tier of the cable, you know, or the dish or whatever we had. So we had, we had to sacrifice that. But when we gave up that monthly bill of the cable, we were able then, my wife and I both went on missions trips um, because we could save up that money and spend it elsewhere. We were able to, to help some students go on missions trips where they could be blessed. So it gives us freedom to do that. When we sacrifice some of our activities, uh, that gives us freedom. For me, so again, sports, I, all, my, all my examples are sports. I don't, I, I'll get away from that at some point. Anyway, um, from about the time I was in like late elementary or junior high um, until like my mid-30s, probably like 34, 35, somewhere in there, um, I went every Friday night in the fall I went to a high school football game. Um, my brother played on the team when I was in, in, in junior high, so I would go and watch him, then I played on the team, and then I started coaching, and then even after I was coaching, I would go to these, these games on Friday night. And it became to the point where I felt like it, it was kind of like a pride thing for me, where I haven't missed a game in 15 years or whatever it was, you know? And so I would go, but then, um, like I said, to my mid, about four or five years ago, uh, there were some events at the church when I was getting more involved. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to that. It was on a Friday night. The first one I remember is a, uh, a men's event on a Friday night. And I missed that game for the first time in years of going. But then what happened was when I sacrificed going, because I enjoyed going to the games, when I sacrificed that, it was a burden that was lifted off to me. I didn't feel obligated anymore to go to the games. I felt like I had freedom to do what I wanted. And I, don't get me wrong, I still went to some of the games, but I didn't feel like I had to go to all of them. And so when, when we give up things, again, God blesses that. And here's the thing too, God sometimes, like I said, I love football, and I gave up those Friday nights. God sometimes asks us to sacrifice things that we love. If we look at John 15, as he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. That's easy, right? If something's not bearing fruit in your life, okay, let's get rid of it. But how about this part? Well, every branch that does bear fruit, so things maybe that you enjoy, right? Things that bring fruit. He prunes, which means he cuts back. He sacrifices it so that it will be even more fruitful. It will be even more fruitful. And that sometimes is hard to find. If you picture yourself as a bush and God prunes it back or somebody prunes that back, ouch, that's going to hurt, right? Ow, ow, that hurts. But what's going to happen on the other end? You're going to be more fruitful. You're going to be more fruitful. And you can write this down. It goes on. Sacrificing a little today 
will bring you a lot tomorrow. Sacrificing a little today brings you a lot tomorrow. Tomorrow, that's a key word. Because for maybe some of you, tomorrow maybe doesn't mean Monday, the physical day tomorrow, the next day. Tomorrow could be long-term. Because there might be some of you out there saying, man, I've been sacrificing and I haven't seen a blessing yet. And it's still, so my sacrifices are still a burden. I don't find joy in it. I don't see the joy. And for this, I want to encourage you with this. This scripture, I should have had it up there. I didn't, but it's Matthew 6, 19. And it says, don't store up treasures on earth. This is a paraphrase. Store up treasures for yourself in heaven. Because when we sacrifice, we are going to get blessed. We just don't know when. Your blessing may come in heaven. I picture it sometimes like a bank account for my life. I think I, I sacrificed and God like, gave me money and put money in my, in my savings account. And I cashed when we bought the new house and got the bigger house. I think I cashed some of that in a little bit. But if you're not feeling blessings, I don't want to discourage you say, I haven't felt blessings from God. You're going to. And that scripture says, don't store up treasures here. Your blessings may be further down. Your blessings may be in a year or two. Your, your blessings may be in heaven. But don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. So what, let me ask you one question here is just, what do you need to sacrifice today that will give you freedom tomorrow? What do you need to sacrifice today that will give you freedom for tomorrow? I'm going to give you one more example. As, as the worship team, I think Kristen and Lori are going to come up and they're going to play another song. I'm going to give you one more image to, to take home with you. We talk about the sacrifice, and I finished up with a little bit of when tomorrow is. Sometimes in our life that, that we focus so much on the sacrifice, because again, the sacrifice is a burden. It's not something that, that we necessarily want to do. So when we focus on, the, on that sacrifice itself, it's hard to see the blessing on the other side. And I got this from a movie, but do this. If you hold one finger up in front of you, hold it up, I'm, I'm making everybody do it. I was a teacher, it's like classroom activity here. So you hold this up there. Your finger represents the, the sacrifice there. And if you just focus on that, everything else, everything beyond that, right, tomorrow is blurry. Because we're, what we're doing, we're focusing on the sacrifice. But now what I want you to do is I want you to focus behind. Keep, keep your finger up there and kind of look through your finger and focus behind that. You may want to focus on the back of the head of the person in front of you, but focus behind that. And what do you see there? Your one finger becomes what? It becomes two. That's because when we sacrifice, when we look beyond that sacrifice, that is Jesus there with us sacrificing. But the key is we have to look beyond the sacrifice. Because this, if we just focus on that finger and that sacrifice, we're not going to ever see Jesus in this. But when we look beyond it, 
When I look back down Esther, I can see too. I can see Jesus there with me. And he wants us to sacrifice for him, but he will also fulfill his promise of blessing us abundantly. He promises that to us. And so that should bring us joy. That should bring us joy. I should probably say it more joyfully, right? That should bring us joy is that we know when we sacrifice, God is going to bless us on the other side. And so as we close, we're gonna sing one last song, but I wanna do this. I want you to, to let's, this would be amazing. Why don't you stand up? Because we're gonna sing. So you can stand up now, but I, but I wanna pray for anyone that feels like I don't find joy in my sacrifice. That I feel like, yes, I am sacrificing, but it may be, there may be many reasons, right? You may not be looking beyond the sacrifice itself and it's hard to find joy. Maybe part of, of not finding joy in the sacrifices is you're sacrificing for human things and not for, for God, not for Jesus. And maybe, maybe on this, right, and this is the, the, the conviction part, but maybe, maybe when the scripture says, so generously, maybe you're not sowing generously enough that you can't see the reaping generously. And so when we sing this song, kind of has to do with sacrifice. I can't, my wife was singing it. What's the, what's the words? What's the song? Yeah, have it all. That we're gonna come here, we're gonna sacrifice and say, Jesus, you can have it all. I'm gonna sacrifice to you. You can have it all, Lord. And we will be, be abundantly blessed. So when we start to sing this song, I'm gonna jump down here and I wanna pray. If you have, for whatever reason, you're saying, I have trouble sacrificing or I don't find joy in my sacrifice, I wanna pray that for you today. Well, let me do this. I'm gonna pray just for everybody. And if that's you, just come on up. They will start singing. Everyone else, if, if this, you're not called, you will sing and you'll be kind of the prayer team singing this song as a prayer. But I wanna pray for people. So let me pray. So God, again, we thank you for blessing us abundantly. And God, I pray for everyone in the room that if they don't feel, feel your love and your blessings and your freedom, that today is the day that we, that we take that away. God, I, I, I pray right now for courage for anyone that, that needs to be released from, from a snare that holds them back from sacrificing, that they just come up and, and they let you intervene for them, God. Thank you for enjoying the message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for being part of our family, and we'll see you next time.